Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. On this podcast today, we're going to be talking about emotioneering team performance, how to help your team to perform better. Many people will ask the question, how do I help my team to perform better? It can be frustrating at times. And especially after the year that we've had in 2020, we're looking to get that performance back. We're looking to have growth now within business. And why is it such a hot topic at the moment? Well, if you would have seen a couple of weeks ago, especially within the UK, the Chancellor revealed his budget for 2021. And one of his key pieces of advice was for SMEs, so small to medium enterprises. Okay, there's an initiative called Help to Grow that has been launched. But also, he said that the opportunity for SMEs was in two key areas. The first one was within technology, and the second one was actually in the skills area and how skilled your management and your people leaders are. Two clear ideas of where you can put your focus and energy into improving your team performance and your business performance for growth. Okay. So why has he said that? So he said that 18% growth is possible by looking at these two key areas over the next three years. Well, the UK, would you believe, is actually 16% lower in terms of productivity and performance against its counterparts such as Japan, Canada, France, the US and Germany. So we've got a lot of work to do as a country and also, when you look at the G7, we're actually fifth out of seven. There's only seven in there. We are ranked fifth in terms of performance and productivity. So SMEs, you're not alone. This is a problem that is happening across the UK and a challenge for many people. So where do we turn for advice? Well, I've got some great insights and some expert advice that I can share with you on the podcast today of things that you can start to implement straight away and your managers and leaders can look at. So this is your reaction, right? As a manager. Ah, why can't they get this? I don't understand. It's not rocket science. John's doing it. Bob's doing it. Why isn't this person doing it? How come they can't get it? Picture the scene. It's been your 10th performance session on a monthly basis with a team member. And their performance is flatlining. I mean, if that's great and it's the highest performance in the company, then woohoo, <laughs> fantastic, keep going, keep motivating them. If it's one of the underperformers or someone that isn't doing quite so well, or maybe it's a new member of staff and their performance is flatlining, ah, 
what are we going to do? They don't seem to be getting this. They're not getting any better. They're not moving up. So what do we do? And the question is, why aren't they getting it? So the reaction and the emotions that come with team performance and team management can often be this frustration with believing in their potential, but not really understanding how to actually get them to achieve it. Some people will say it's not rocket science. I agree. It's much harder than rocket science when it comes to helping people achieve their potential. So the first fundamental thing that you must do when you're leading a team of people is you must find out what motivates them. Often I speak to managers or junior managers that haven't been in a role for long and they will say to me, oh, I don't know. I don't know what motivates them. Or they'll guess. The other thing that they'll do is go, I think it's money. I think they're motivated by recognition. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm like, think? We need to know. We really need to know what motivates people. We want to help them achieve their potential. So if you don't know what motivates your team, then we need to find out. Second question, well, how do I find out? You have to ask them. <laughs> you have to communicate with your team and you need to help them by saying, hey, what gets you going? What are you passionate about? What do you really want out of life? Think way past the job that they're doing right now. It has to be about aspiring them to be better, to want more, to have a better life, help them to build better relationships with people. Maybe it's career progression. But when it comes down to money, remember that money isn't necessarily what they want. It's what they can do with it. So it isn't money. If you really want to know what motivates your people, ask them today. What we want to do is to build their confidence first. So before we start trying to look at what they want to improve on and what we can help them to improve on, we really want them to look at how they are doing in terms of the good things. Now, if you can't think of anything, do not hold the review until you can. Do not do it because this is a human being in front of you and people often put themselves down. So to sit there and tell somebody within 45 minutes or an hour of everything that they're not doing right, no way. They need to know what they are doing right first, okay? They might not be doing the things that you need them to do on that piece of paper or on that spreadsheet or on the performance metrics on the software tools that you have, but they are a great individual and they need to know their strengths before they can start to think about how to improve on certain areas. So help build them up first, okay? Remember, confidence is an outcome. So if you want them to be confident or to try something new, we have to start to encourage them first. So tell them the things that they are good at, okay? Remember that emotioneering triangle is about moving people from fear, moving them into courage, and then when they start to do something new, that's where their confidence is going to come from. But if you encourage them by telling them the great things that they're doing, then they'll already be on their way to aiming to move out of that comfort zone. The comfort zone is where confidence exists. You are confident in your small group of friends. You're confident in the current things that you're doing within your life. Everything that we want, though, is on the other side. So we have to understand that regardless of what we help other people to start to do, 
or when we tell them that there's another opportunity for them, understand that what is between that and what you want them to move towards is fear and anxiety. Doesn't matter who they are. If they haven't done it before, it is going to make them sweat. It's going to make them palpitate. They're going to have, oh, hang on. Oh, this is a little bit nervous. It's a little bit of positive, positive stress. It's a little bit of positive stress. It's a little bit of excitement for me. I haven't done this before. But understand that there is no way that that is not going to be there. If they haven't done it before and they're not a very confident person, they may appear confident. But when we start to do something new, it starts to get us out of that comfort zone. Right. It's like walking from some imagine this. You're on a branch on a tree and you're on the branch. And I don't know, it's like 12 foot off the floor. OK, and you're on the thickest part of the branch, closest to the trunk. Well, I'm okay. I'm all right up here. I can see everything. I feel quite secure. I can maybe bounce a little bit on the branch. And then you start to move a little bit further away from the trunk. Now you're to the edge of the branch and now it's wobbling. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm not so confident here. No, that is what the comfort zone is. Suddenly you have to adapt to something new and your body and your senses and everything around you starts to change and you, you lose that equilibrium you lose that habitual routine or that comfort and that safety so remember when you're asking someone to do something new they are going to have a little bit of fear and a little bit of anxiety we have to help them get past that bit they need your encouragement and your support in order to do that the next thing you want to look at is the needs analysis and the sort of training gaps that may be happening for that particular person. So just because we want them to do a certain thing or perform in a certain way doesn't mean that we've necessarily taught them the skill to do that or what they joined the company based on has changed. So, for example, pre-pandemic, they didn't have to jump on Zoom anymore or be technical in the way that they approached their role. And now, oh, now they do. Now, actually, they have to start doing things online. So they have to be a little bit more technical in their approach. So have we given someone the skills in order to be able to do that? Ask yourself, be honest about that. But also, remember from the previous podcast, remember people won't remember. So they'll need some refreshes. They'll need people to help them to implement new skills. But those kind of skills gaps. The other thing that happens often is that we know a skills gap is there. Okay. We know, for example, people aren't necessarily empathetic or may not have the emotional intelligence to lead a team, for example, or to communicate with others or with the customers in a great way. Okay, Those are, those are scenarios that we have. So what we want to do is to help them to do that. But have we communicated it with them before we've put them on a course? So we just plonked them on a course and said, right, you're going on this course. Do they know why? They're going on that course. Have they at some point agreed to it or decided that it would also be great for their personal development? You have to communicate these things. A one to one session when you know what motivates them and you know what they're great at. And then you're also talking about some opportunities for that person. That's absolutely fine. It's a great sort of environment to bring that up. But it must happen. Don't not communicate it because that's what's going to be a problem for them. Another thing to remember is fairness. Even top performers have limits, right? I will take you back years ago. 
I worked in a call center and I was selling mobile phones. I was doing some cold calling and I was quite good at it. Enjoyed chatting to people, even the ones that didn't want to talk to me. Uh, yes, those were the days. But what often annoyed me or frustrated me as an employee was that way back then, the people who were the top performance, so I was one of the top connectors in the top three of the company. And what really annoyed me back then was that the, the managers would come over and continue to put pressure on the top performers instead of focusing on the people that needed to close the skill gaps or to improve. It was much easier to keep pushing the top performer than it was to actually coach and support the underperformers because they felt like, oh, well, if I keep pushing this person, the problem is, is that there is a breaking point, right? I saw this great picture the other day. Picture this in your mind and visualize it, that there was a, a donkey or a pack horse. It's a very old picture where the donkey was in the air and the cart was so overloaded that it had gone backwards and it lifted the donkey or the pack horse into the air, right? So that's what happened. <laughs> that donkey, that pack horse, extremely strong, extremely loyal and resist, you know, resilient, kept going, but just had a bit too much on that particular day. It was a little bit heavy. So remember that. The other thing that can tend to happen is that if your team see you treating people differently, different rules for different people or the halo effect, as many people call it, they're going to lose trust and they're going to lose confidence in their managers and their leaders. So if that happens without communication to explain why, it shouldn't be happening anyway. But there should be fairness. As human beings, we want fairness. So they're going to look at that. They're going to look at you and they're going to think, well, why did you do that? Why are you allowing this person that treats other people terribly to get away with it? Why are you allowing this person to come in uh, late every day? Right. Those are the things that they're going to say. Those are the things they're going to think. They might not be telling you them out of fear, but they're saying them. They're absolutely saying them. One of the most powerful things that you can ever do with your team in order to help them perform and to help the, the whole company performance is to coach individuals. Coaching is a form of development where you work on a one-to-one -one basis with another person, you have their best interests at heart and you help them to achieve, but you create an environment where it's okay to get things wrong. It's a safe environment where they practice. I always say this, David Beckham can miss as many goals as he likes in practice, but when he gets on that pitch, that's when it counts. So the coach's work is done before the test, right? It's done way before they get on the pitch and then it's, you know, it's kickoff time. That is when it's done. It's, it's the stuff that's done that nobody sees. That's what a great coach does. Now, you can outsource that to somebody else. Your team are also in the back of their minds going to be thinking, why aren't you coaching me? Right? So bring in another coach if you need to, but also be part of that. So if you're the leader or the manager, at some point you're going to want to pass the baton from the outsourced person that has come to the team to help. I mean, best practice is always great. Peer-to-peer -peer support is brilliant, but you have to take that baton and learn it yourself at some point to be able to direct them or understand the process of what you're asking them to do.
Coaching is not training, right? Training, you learn to do something. Coaching keeps it consistent and helps to improve it over time. Because just because they've been in a training room once doesn't mean that that person's going to come out and they're going to get it straight away. It doesn't happen like that. Remember, people won't remember. Implementation is about consistency. It's about recovering the message. It's about coaching. It's about inspiring, helping someone believe that it is possible. Because remember, when they're out of their comfort zone, they're to the edge of that branch, and the branch is now wobbling, <laughs> they're going to need you to coach them, to motivate them and empower them to think, yes, okay, I'm going to get this. I mean, I'm going to get this at some point. So that's what you're doing. One of the things that could potentially happen as we start to come out of lockdown, as we start to look at improving performance in teams that we have in the business world, is that we will turn the heat up or turn the pressure up too quick. What happens when I put my foot on the accelerator too quickly? Well, the car is going to crash, right? It's about gradually increasing, gradually uh, looking at what is happening and deciding which area to focus on, sort of like a triage, but without that pressure, with that calmness, having a bit of patience with your team. Because if we do push too hard, it's going to break. It's about really finding the right time to implement something or to have the conversations that you need to have with certain people. Be mindful of that because if you're impatient and you want it too quickly, things come out the wrong way. We'll say the wrong phrase. We'll use the wrong tone. And emotional intelligence tells us that that is going to disengage our employees. It's going to terrify them and they're not going to be working in a happy environment. It's going to feel very toxic. So be mindful. Just pull it back a little bit. Think. Just delay and don't display, right? A leader has to be the lighthouse. What do you mean, Mel? The leader has to be the lighthouse. Well, you're the lighthouse that is helping your team to shine the light away from the ugly, dangerous rocks, okay? And yes, there are going to be risk, right? There's going to be risk, which are the rocks, in business. There always is. But it's about creating that calm space. It's about helping them so that you're, you know, maybe what happened in the boardroom just now doesn't end up spilling over into a conversation with the team that you have. Diplomacy and patience. Just delay and not display. Takes a bit of practice, but I just wanted to remind you of that. One of our big human needs is to be in control, right? So if you do not give your team the power to decide, to have input, to be heard, to have a voice, then they're not going to have any of their needs met, or at least one of them is definitely not going to be met. So help them by listening to them. Help them to open up to you, to help decide. Give them a couple of options about how their learning or their skills can be improved. There's some great books for you to read. Here's a couple of YouTube videos that I've found. Here's a brilliant course that they're delivering or we're going to get someone in to help you with. Or we've got, we've just uploaded it into our LMS training platform, 
right? There are so many different options, but help that person by giving them the power to decide their path. How do you want to do it? Do you want to be certified? Do you want to be able to have some self-directed learning? Do you want to sit in a classroom or would you prefer to do distance learning? And we can have a course that you can do in your own time. What do you want to do? But at some point, this skill can be mastered. Just which channel do you want to learn it in? That's what you're asking them. And this last point, and there's a reason that I left it last, is accountability. So you've been doing this, you've followed the other steps and tips that I've talked about, and they're still not getting it. There has to be some follow up. If you're not covering the things that you've agreed to and the goals that you've set and you're not re going over those, no one's going to be holding that person accountable. If no, if I don't have to tell anybody what I'm eating on a weekly, monthly basis, unless I'm very good at holding myself accountable, I'm, I'm not going to be sticking to the rules, right? I'm going to have a little bit of cake here. I'm going to have a little bit of chocolate there. But if I know that someone's following it up with me, I'm going to be being a little bit more mindful of what I'm doing in my approach. So accountability must take place. Now, when it comes to accountability, it's because there has to be a lot of the gain, right? As human beings, we want to be moved from pain to reward, right? We, we want the rewards. Of course we do. But we have to be reminded of sometimes the pain as well as the gain. What's going to happen if this doesn't take place? Now, here's where the skill comes in as a leader and a manager more than ever. It's about diplomacy. You can tell someone something very direct and you can poke them in the eye and it is really going to hurt. It's going to hurt them in their heart. It's going to hurt them in their mind. And people don't remember what you say, but they will remember how you made them feel or you can tell them with a little bit of diplomacy. You can tell them in a way that is tailored towards them and their motivations because you care about them. But if they think you don't care and you do it really directly, then let me tell you what, that person's probably going to be looking for a new job sooner than you can say anything. So yeah, think about how you hold people accountable, but have the diplomacy to do it in a way that is going to have, still have a positive impact, even though they know that it's, it needs to happen. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.